historical fiction. Everyone I know has a story about where they were for the 2016 election results. These stories are well rehearsed, and everybody hates them. The person telling the story hates it, and the people listening hate it, and we all tell them to each other anyway, as though it were some grim compulsion mandated by a misery-fed demon. Whether I stayed home or went to a party, if I cried or didn't, whether I expected it or didn't expect it, went to sleep or couldn't sleep, every single one of these anecdotes is the worst, and a bunch of people telling them to each other is the worst thing that ever happens in any social situation, and it keeps on happening anyway. I have a story, I'm good at telling it. I rarely despise myself more than when I am two sentences into it, grinding the key in the ignition of the worst car in the world, ready to go on the same drive that everyone hates. A few weeks ago while discussing the upcoming election, a few friends and I told our stories of other election nights. Where were you in 2012, in 2008, in 2000? When people tell these kinds of stories, pitting the small events of our lives against the big events of history, we pretend that the recollection of the large event itself is the point. But really, the big events are an excuse. It is the small and inconsequential ones that drive the storytelling and engage the listening. I already know Obama was elected. I want to know who you loved and what mistakes you made, whose house you went to went to and why you left, what bar you were in and why the bar was good or bad, what other things were taking place at the time that felt more important than any of it. What happened in 2012 is that Obama was re-elected, but really what happened in 2012 was that not even two weeks before, an ex and I had broken up in a horrible, drunken, stupid way and I hadn't heard from him since. My ex didn't text me when Obama won, and it began to sink in that he wasn't ever going to text me again. What happened in 2008 is that I was in a bar in Chicago, and strangers all hugged and kissed each other and cried, and Obama told his daughters they were going to get the puppy he had promised them. What really happened was that a different ex and I had exactly one good day at the beginning of a visit when I should have left him, and almost did pack my suitcase and everything, and then didn't, and sometimes I still blame that one good day for a long chain of misery that followed. What happened in 2000 was that it was almost the last year in the old house before my family fell apart there, and when I recall that election night, I think mostly about the couch in the kitchen where the TV was, and how I miss it with a stupid and inarticulate longing, the way we can only long for the things we once took for granted. I have by this point learned how to make these stories charming, even though they were not charming at the time. My stories about both of Obama's elections are about bad relationships. Bad in a way that isn't funny, and isn't a good story to tell at a party, bad in a way that nobody would enjoy to hear about if I hadn't taught myself to tell them in a way that renders them nearly fictional. Because bad relationships were what I cared about in those years. The further away I get from any large historical event I have lived through, the more I remember the big stuff that everybody remembers, and not the small stabbing pains of the intricate and the personal. Events change size in memory. They fade out of the picture until I can barely see them at all, so those nights are painted bright and simple long after the fact. It becomes possible to believe that I cared more about a globally consequential event, than I did about who I loved and whether they loved me back, what my phone said and what bad choices I was in the middle of making. But of course, at the time, the opposite was true. My small, frivolous life felt vivid and painful, and the large events of history distant and unreal.